are you at on the Manny Petty side of things? Not like the Manny, as in um, this is us, but the Manny Petty debate. Gentlemen, um, Manny Petty fans out there? <laughs> See, no one was willing to raise their hand. Um, so I've never had personally had a Manny Petty, but I believe that John put John Just put the man in, in the Manny, uh, in the Manny Petty. Some people say, well, you're doing a sermon on Manny Petties. Why aren't you handing them out, like handing out gift certificates? <laughs> Woo! That'd be more predictable than watching Alabama and Clemson in the uh, college football championship. I mean, come on. How many more times do we need to see these two teams play? Sorry, Littmans. I didn't, I'm just, I'm over it. So the manicure and the pedicure, some say, was a mythological thing, but more than likely it started within um, Egyptian the Egyptian world, when men would, would dye their fingernails, 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 as a way to show off their status. And so different men had different colors on their fingers to show off what level of status they were. And then in the, the 1920s, with Revlon coming out, it became a big thing in, in American culture for women to paint their nails, their fingernails and their toenails. And then, of course, in the 70s, it was a big thing. And and now it's just all the rage. I mean, Annie Petty's all around. And if you've seen my feet, you say, you need, <laughs> Eric, you need a Petty. The only problem is I'm afraid if I go in, they're going to think it's a scene out of Dumb and Dumber when they see my big toes. And <laughs> it might be traumatic for the people that are um, doing that. As far as I've gone is the paraffin spa. And if you've never done the paraffin wax on the feet and on the hands, it is luxurious. It is quite luxurious, I would admit to that. So John said, um, okay, we're done with Romans, we're done with Christmas, and now we can, you can preach whatever you want. We're starting Isaiah in January, but not next Sunday. And so preach whatever you want, like this blank slate. Some of you are going to say, well, why did you pick this? Um, I don't know, it just kind of came to me. You'd think that being able to preach whatever you want would be this freeing thing. It's actually... Um, quite debilitating. But here we are. Uh, we are in Matthew, uh, verse 31 of chapter 25. Jesus is at the end of this big teaching segment, and we know it's Jesus teaching because if you have a red-letter Bible like I do, then Jesus' words are in red. You, uh, the Pew Bibles are not red-letter Bibles, so you don't see that it's Jesus teaching, so I thought I would tell you. So Jesus says this. He says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory... And all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him he will be, will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Speaking of goats, I mean, can we just call it now Lindsay Whalen? She makes Pat Summit um, look like an unaccomplished basketball coach. Lindsay Whalen, right? Undefeated gopher women. In the state of Minnesota, the only sports teams that are successful are women's sports. <laughs> Win and you're in, or something like that. The goats, the greatest of all time. So here we are. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Whew. Can we not just go back to, to, to uh, eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus, lying in the manger, quoting movies, drinking syrup? I mean, why did we have to come here? That escalated awfully quickly now, didn't it? And the interesting thing is when we look at this passage, Jesus is talking about the end of the end. And some would say when Jesus came at, at Christmas, it was the beginning of the end, or maybe it was the middle of the end. But this is definitely the end of the end because it is, what's the end? It's the final judgment. And Jesus is teaching on what that is going to look like. So in 2018, the, the sermon that I gave last year in 2017 was with this charge that 2018 would be the year of spiritual disciplines. And so we set out to do a discipline every month, and we had the second Tuesday thing. And so then throughout the month, you could try these spiritual disciplines. And I would say, in some ways, the year of 2018 was the year of the you. What is it that you can do, or that I can do, that we can do for ourselves in the world of spiritual disciplines? How can I grow in my faith? And some would say, in America, every year is the year of the you, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen? So we have this passage, and we have a bit of a, a knee-jerk, meatloaf-like uh, reaction. Not like the long, not like the, the ketchup-covered meatloaf, like the long-haired meatloaf. Um, and we're like, okay, I'll do a lot of things, but this, I mean, come on. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And he goes on and on and on about this idea of service. So if 2018 was about personal spiritual disciplines, what if 2019 was about service? So why is it that we serve? So yesterday we were in the city celebrating Christmas with Nikki's family, and I got these amazing socks that I neglected to show in the first service. Now, fairness, it has little dogs on it, which I'm not a little dog guy. I'm a big dog guy, if you know my dog Murphy. And I went out and I got the paper, and in the paper... Um, you know the thing that gets delivered to your house? Anyone who's under 25 is like, they still deliver papers? <laughs> what? Uh, there was a big section on people in 2018 who committed to serving others. It was a whole insert. And they talked about the tragedies that have been experienced in, in our country and how people have responded and helped other people out. So why is it that we serve? And why should we serve? So growing up, um, we got this, we would get these action figures. One of my favorites was um, Dan Marino. I used to be a Dan Marino fan. And, they, you know, they came in a little package, and you always had a decision to make, right? When you get an action figure, you say, do I open it? 
or do I not open it? Because certainly if I don't open Dan Marino's action figure, by the time I'm 50, I will be able to retire on it. <laughs> That's your retirement strategy. I hear Carlson Hardware may be hiring. We always have this question, do I open the action figure? And so I got to thinking, what are some of the most valuable um, kids' toys from the past? And the most valuable one that I came across in this Good Housekeeping article was a 1969 Volkswagen uh, Beach Bomber Cruiser. And, and it's opened, and the reason why it's valuable is because it was very limited edition. It had bigger wheels on it than all the other Hot Wheel cars, and so it didn't fit on the Hot Wheel track. And so it was like this anomaly, why would you make a Hot Wheel that doesn't fit on the Hot Wheel track? And you can buy it if you have approximately $125,000 at your disposal. Some of you are thinking, do I have that? <laughs> Not the 125, the beach bomber. Because <laughs> you definitely sell it if you did have it. Or for the ladies, there is the American Girl doll original Molly uh, with all of her accessories, $11,000. Now, I bet some of you may actually have that. Why is, it that, why is it that we serve, or why should we serve? Because the reality is that we are created to serve. We are created as beings to go out into the world and to serve other people. We're not created to be these perfect little action figures that sit on our shelves and don't actually go out and get our hands dirty. Why would you buy a toy that you're not going to play with. I had this grand idea that I was going to have a, a beautiful uh, sports car on the stage, and then it snowed. So Richard Foster, in his book on disciplines, he says, Service is not a list of things that we do, though in it we discover things to do. It is not a code of ethics, but a way of living. Service is a way of living. We are to serve because it is what we are called to do. And then he says, Nothing disciplines the inordinate desires of the flesh like service. And nothing transforms the desires of the flesh like serving in hiddenness. The flesh whines against service but screams against hidden service. We are called to serve because that is what Jesus wants us to be doing. Because when we serve others, we serve Christ. That's the whole idea behind this. Jesus is telling his followers, when you serve these other people, you're serving me. And so when we go out into the world to serve other people, it's not for ourselves, it's to serve Christ. And where do we serve? The interesting thing is it's easy to go and serve in other places. Uh, like the infamous Mexico trip, Foxy Lady, now she's my wife, Monterey, Mexico. We would go to these orphanages, and we were assigned to a particular orphanage, and your options were to either do dishes, um, or you could go like play with the kids. Now, my um, strengths lie in doing dishes. <laughs> My mom used to say, I don't have one dishwasher, I have three of them. My brother, my brother, myself. 
And so I found myself gravitating towards what was easy for me on the second floor in this kitchen in, in Monterey, Mexico, doing dishes. Then I didn't really have to talk to anyone. But it's amazing. When you serve with someone else or when you serve someone else, you don't communicate with words. You communicate with actions. And if we are to be the local church, we are to serve locally. Because the local church is not about us, it's about the locals. And please hear me, I'm not, this isn't about serving in Timberwood Church. You're like, I thought, I thought Volunteer Sunday was in May. You're correct. This is about finding ways in which we can serve in our community. Because how amazing would it be if in 2019 we set out to serve the locals that live in our area? What if we gave one hour a week? Okay, maybe a little extreme. Okay, one hour a month. Each of us said, in the next year, I'm going to give one hour a month to serving locally wherever I live. And maybe, what if you took out these sermon notes that I'm sure you've already been feverishly filling up, found a few of these after the last service, completely empty, cards still in the program, and I thought, what? Ah. And as the service went on and the Holy Spirit prompted you, you wrote down some ideas of where you could serve. Maybe I could give you some ideas of where to serve. The food shelf in Pequot Lakes. The soup kitchen in Brainerd. Meals on Wheels. A friend of mine the other day said that he was out serving with Meals on Wheels amidst the chaos of the snow and the storm, but people still need to eat. Ruby's Pantry or New Pathways, the homeless ministry in Crow Wing County. Common Goods in Baxter or Cross Lake. Maybe it's providing respite childcare for people who need it. People who need a break. <laughs> Maybe it's foster care or kinship partners or the Kinship Lunch Buddies program or volunteering in a school or Goodwill or Salvation Army or the Blue Sky Services in Brainerd. Maybe it's volunteering with Hospice or Teen Challenge or LAPS or the Hope Ranch or the Brighter Days Foundation or the Senior Center. Maybe it's serving a neighbor. Maybe it's serving a friend. Maybe it's serving a stranger. Maybe it's a widow. Maybe it's an orphan. Maybe it's serving a prisoner. Maybe it's serving an immigrant. The list that Jesus goes through is the least of these people. It's these people that society says they are not of value. It's people that can't turn around and help you back. It's serving people who need something of physical value. Have you ever heard the phrase, you probably haven't because I just made it up this morning, it's hard to hear the gospel over a growling stomach. It's hard to hear the gospel when you aren't sure where your next meal is coming from. It's hard to hear the gospel when you're not sure where you're going to be sleeping tonight or how you're going to be able to take care of your kids. It's hard to hear about the good news of Jesus when your physical needs 
are not being met. What if we didn't try to one-up one another and instead tried to help one another up? Jesus gives this list of people that need help. And he says, when you help those people, you help me. The great Charles Spurgeon said, it is beyond the realm of possibilities that one has the ability to outgive God. Even if I give the whole of my worth to him, he will find a way to give back to me much more than I gave. And I know we say, oh, I'm so busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. We're busy because we want to be busy. Every one of us is allotted 24 hours in a day in which we make decisions to fill that time with. And Anne Voskamp, in her book that I referenced a few weeks ago, she says, the measure of your willingness to be given is the measure of your capacity for communion. The measure of your willingness to be given is the measure of your capacity for communion. Because the essence of God is giving. We celebrate Christmas and God giving Jesus to us. Jesus choosing to come and to give himself. That's why we all know John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave of himself to a broken world to provide healing. And he turns around as he is going towards the cross at the end of Matthew, and he says, when you give yourself, you are giving it to me. You aren't giving it to these other people. You're giving it to me because by giving it to them, it shows your love for me. The interesting thing is, is oftentimes when it comes to to giving or to, to serving, we're, we're afraid of, of not doing it right. <laughs> we're afraid of screwing things up because we think that everything has to be perfect. You know, the, I hear this ad all the time. You don't have to be a perfect parent to be a good parent. It's a, I think it's an ad for foster care or, um, or adoption. And... So one of my favorite websites is Teton Gravity Research, and they constantly post all this amazing like skiing footage and mountain biking footage and crazy videos. And one of their favorite videos of 2018 is a must that I must share with you, and it proves that the Norwegians know, know how to have a good time. So check this out. So they're speaking in Norwegian, so we don't know what they're saying. so this is the, uh, the 2018 death diving competition in, Nor- in Norway. The whole idea behind it is you're scored on height off the, so it's a 10 meter platform, 30, uh, 30 plus foot platform. You're scored off the height of your jump, the speed at which you leave the platform, the style in the air, and then how long you can hold out 
before smacking the water. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a great time, doesn't it? I totally feel like I missed my calling and I think I might come out of retirement. Last, ser- last service, Simon Foss was like getting a plane ticket. He's like, I'm moving to Norway. This is what I can be a professional at. The thing about these people is it's not about the style in the air. It's not about the perfect landing, the perfect approach, the perfect takeoff, the perfectly shaved legs. Notice none of them had a Speedo. It's about just going for it. And that's what service is about. Yeah, we're going to screw up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do stuff we're not supposed to do. But it's about going and serving other people. C.S. Lewis said, says in Mere Christianity, every Christian is to be a little, become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. It is even doubtful, you know, whether the whole universe was created for any other purpose. To become a little Christ. And Christ gave himself. He gave all of himself so that we could be in relationship with him. And he says here, if you are to go out and serve those around you and give of yourself. So, I got this Christmas present this year of a beehive. Um, there's no bees present in the hive currently. It's wintertime. And Nikki said, this is true love because I'm giving you another hobby. <laughs> That's how you know it's true love. And the great thing about the beehive is that the bees don't just stay in the hive. In order for the beehive to be functional, they have to go out. They go out into their world. And what do they do? They actually are serving the plants. You're like, no, they're not. They're gathering pollen. Yes, but in serving the plants by pollinating and doing what they do, they are making the world work. And in the same way, we need to have a beehive mentality where, yes, we gather together at Timberwood Church and we gather together as a body. But then we go out into the world to do all of these crazy things of providing for the needs of people through service. And I know there's hundreds of you that are like, I already serve, I already serve. Yes, Jesus says, well done. But what if 2019 would be marked by the year that Timberwood Church decided to go out and to do this mass blitz of service in the Brainerd Lakes area? What would our world look like come 2020 if we went out and served and provided cold glasses of water and were the hands and feet of Jesus Christ? We don't have to be the one to change the world, but we can be one who changes someone's world by serving them. Because as Jesus says, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. We're called to serve. We receive the gift of God giving us Jesus. And we are transformed by the Holy Spirit 
not for our own purposes, but for the purpose of God to go out and to serve a world that is ever in need. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come we come on the eve of the eve of a new year. And we reflect on the year that was and what did or didn't happen and what did or didn't get done. And we look with hope to what the future will bring. And we hear the words of Jesus and the need to go out into the world, to go out and to meet the needs of those in our community, to meet the needs of the lowest common denominator of folks. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts today. Create a burning passion in us to see opportunities to serve. Be like a rock in our shoe that we cannot ignore when it comes to providing for those that we come in contact with. And as we serve, may you use that to transform us. To transform us into more and more like Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen.